Welcome to Brazos Matters. I'm Jay Sokol. In 1938, that's the same year that College Station finally became an incorporated city, the W.J. Coulter family gifted some land to the city of Bryan that eventually became Coulter Airfield. It's located along what is now State Highway 21 East, and it occupies nearly 250 acres. So are you familiar with Coulter Airfield? Well, if you're not, today's guest is going to help change that. So joining me in the KAMU studios is Brandon Reed, the manager of Coulter Airfield. Brandon, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You bet. So again, for anyone who is not familiar with Coulter or maybe hasn't been out there in a really long time, describe what the City of Bryan's airport is and what it offers and why it matters. Absolutely. So Coulter is a, it's a community airport. We're a general aviation airport. We're one of about 250 that within the state of Texas alone is considered general aviation. And we're what's known and uh, we're in what's called the NIPIUS, which is an FAA. We're a recognized airport, so we receive federal funding within the state. We're a single runway. We have a 4,000-foot by 75-foot runway. Uh, we have a taxiway, which is actually our old runway up until 1991. We have approximately 66 tenants and roughly 80 based aircraft out of Coulter. Okay, so tell me the difference between a tenant and an aircraft. So some of our tenants might have two planes, okay, maybe three. The, the minority have one, but uh, that's why there will be more based aircraft than there are tenants. Okay. Give me, it, give me those numbers again because I want to scribble them down. Right. 66 um, tenants. Okay. And then roughly 80 based aircraft. 80 based aircraft. Okay. That's, it, I'll tell you, um, I had no idea how many aircraft you had out there. And is there a demand if you had the hangar space? to have more aircraft and more tenants? That's a great question. Uh, as a matter of fact, just last year, uh, the city council, Bryan City Council, we are a city of Bryan-owned airport, municipal right. airport, uh, approved a $5.4 million hangar expansion project. So we are currently, um, we have the slabs laid for a 10-unit T-hangar, 5-unit uh, box hangar, connected box hangar, and then we have the dirt work underway for two large box hangers. One's going to be uh, 10,000 square foot, and the other one's approximately 18,000 square foot, a really large structure. So the answer to your question is absolutely. There's a demand. A lot of uh, airports will have what's called a hangar waiting list, mm. and I have nearly uh, 60 individuals on there that, um, that are interested, have reached out, to the airport and said, hey, I'd like to base an aircraft at your airport. I'm going to guess that not all of your tenants actually live here. Um, within Bryan College Station? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. How, uh, like what, what's the uh, distance that some of these folks live? Are, are they other cities, other states? Or? Right. So, yeah. so we have some that live in Navasota okay. that'll drive in, um, Hearn that'll drive in, but the vast majority... I know the Brazos Valley is large. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's probably not a good uh, example. But th I would I would say, it's an interesting data point, I can look it up later, but uh, probably within a 45-minute drive. Okay. Which is interesting because some of these other little communities have their own small airports, right? Absolutely. Just don't have the hangar space? A a absolutely. Okay. Um, and they may not just have the hangar space, but they may – so we have what's called an AWOS – it's an automated weather observation station. Okay. Sometimes um, 
on the local news programs, you'll hear them not only give the rain totals from Easterwood, but they'll sometimes use Coulter. That's right. That was a small victory uh, <laughs> after I've been here that uh, we were able to achieve. Um, so there's things like local weather. Uh, we have four full-time staff. We have uh, part-timers as well. And a lot of these smaller general aviation airports, they may have a larger runway than we do, say Hearn, for example, but they don't have any uh, full-time staff that are there. I see. So you can come into Coulter, and for the same fuel price, um, we will fuel your plane or we'll you know, just say hello to you, offer you a bottle of water, and you can fuel, uh, you can fuel your plane yourself. But we, uh, we provide some amenities that some of the smaller, I shouldn't say smaller because, again, if you compare runway size, they may be larger. Right. But uh, they don't necessarily have uh, the same amenities as we do. We'll talk about some of those amenities. Absolutely. So I mentioned the weather station all, mm-hmm. already. Um, we do have uh, lighting, so uh, we're 24 hours accessible. Now we're staffed only during day hours. Uh, Monday through Friday, it's uh, 7 to 6, and then Saturday and Sunday, it's 9 to 5. So we don't have any night staff. During the day, we do have fuel trucks. Uh, so if you want to pull into a tie-down, we'll bring – we have both – we have two, two sorts of fuel – that we sell jet a which is just think of your larger aircraft fly jet a huge jet a and then hundred low lead we have a truck for each so we can bring that to you we have towing equipment so we can uh move your aircraft around um uh, yeah so uh we have we have a security fence and that's a big deal especially i know we're a long ways away from 9 11 but security has been a real focus, even in today's age, right. with airports. Um, and not all the airports have a security fence. Um, so there's just some of the amenities that we offer. Okay. Well, let's let's stop for just a minute so I can find out more about you. Where are you from? How did you get from there to here? And, uh, and when did aviation become part of your life? So let's start with where are you from? Absolutely. Um, so I, I tell folks I was a military brat, so I don't really claim a home. Home is literally proverbially where, where I hang my hat at night. Um, so I, I grew up on multiple different Air Force bases. Uh, my father was an Aggie, class of 70. Um, he served 27 years. And I went to high school in both North Dakota and Nebraska, graduating in Nebraska. I was accepted into A&M. And my senior year, we moved down to Nebraska. A&M was the only place I applied. So I came down and uh, was uh, four and a half years, started out as a history major, ended up at Rex and Park. Um, I was a member of the Corps of Cadets, I think I mentioned. I was a squadron commander for uh, Outlaw 8 my senior year. And uh, I ended up uh, attending officer training school, joining the Air Force myself, uh, and before I went off to officer training school, I uh, worked on my private pilot's license. So I had a real affinity just growing up on and around Air Force bases for military aviation. Right. And then uh, when I applied to officer training school, again, while working on my private pilot's license, I initially applied only as a pilot. And that was the time, it was 96, 97, mm-hmm. where you know they were still doing riffs and cutbacks uh, on the military. So... I got denied, applied again as pilot or navigator, got picked up for nav training. So uh, our future was set. Got married shortly after graduating, uh, 
December 28th, uh, 1996 is when we got married, uh, my wife Christine and I, and uh, it was a 20-year journey. Uh, you know, I spent some time in Air Mobility Command, uh, spent a great majority of my career in Air Force Special Operations Command, uh, had several staff tours serving at US SOCOM, I served in the Pentagon, and uh, it was a real privilege, uh, and I was very grateful and thankful that my wife, uh, she was my bedrock. We raised uh, mostly her, uh, four beautiful kids. Mm. Uh, two have already graduated A&M with their masters as well. And uh, our third girl is currently a freshman at A&M. And then our boy is a, a sophomore over Consol High School. And uh, he says he'll go. That's his choice. <laughs> Look, he can't break the streak. Well, I, I would say that, but again, I don't want right. to, uh, as long as he doesn't go down the road to a certain school. <laughs> That's what matters. That's what matters. Absolutely. So uh, how great was it to transition from your military career and still be able to be uh, part of a, a profession and an industry that you have a passion for and now manage culture. It's It's been wonderful. There's been a learning process going from military aviation into uh, general aviation. Um, but uh, the to see the aviators that come in and have a passion for them, whether they're you know college students or getting their private pilot's license, um, to you know some of our older uh, tenants and our visitors who come in who have been flying for decades, um, to see that span across the generations. Um, in, a, in an aviation, you'll hear folks, and I'm sure it's used in other fields as well, but they'll say, you know, paint it, paint it back because it's very important that uh, aviation enthusiasts encourage other uh, folks to get into aviation and have, you know, not necessarily a career. Not everybody needs to be, you know, join the military or commercial airline pilot, but just this enthusiasm which uh, really uh, pushes along um, and encourages um, uh, aviation within within the country. Well, where I'm glad you brought that up. Where is aviation right now in terms of popularity to where more people are taking flying lessons? Um, is that is that growing? Is it sort of waning? Where are things in that regard? So I'm by no means a, an expert. What you see? What do you observe? What I see? I see uh, students, A&M students, coming in with an interest in becoming commercial airline pilots hmm. um, because of how much they get paid. Um, I see uh, businessmen, doctors, lawyers, construction owners who are learning how to fly in their 30s and 40s because time is money in business. And so they are going to buy a smaller aircraft, base it at Coulter, and if they have the opportunity to expand their business to another company, typically within the state, yeah, big state, of course, uh, they're going to utilize that transportation tool. Hmm. So I see that expanding. We have less and less... Uh, aviators and uh, uh, military has less aviators than they you know have in, in the years past if you open up the newspaper if you have a newspaper you can see that the Air Force in particular has trouble meeting their pilot demands okay but there are less of our tenants who had previously served in the military themselves so um, y you do also see some 
uh, and they're not all necessarily members of the Corps of Cadets, but um, they're working on their private possums so they can, in fact, get a little bit of experience before they go into the military and attend an undergraduate pilot training right. or an aviation field. So I'm guessing that the majority of revenue that Coulter Airfield makes is through hangar rental fees and, and fuel sales, and maybe that's the bread and butter of all uh, small airports. But um, who is, uh, if they're not already attended at Coulter Airfield, who's flying and buying your fuel? So, um, like I mentioned earlier, there's two types of fuel we sell. There's Jet A and there's 100 low lead. So Jet A, for example, we have a hog hunting uh, company that's based out at Coulter, and they fly a Bell 212. Okay. And that helicopter is glorious because it consumes a lot of fuel (laughs) every time it takes off and lands, which during the hunting season is four to five days a week. Wow. So for our revenue, that's a great thing. Um, and they, of course, their uh, tank capacity is rather large and their fuel burn rate's high. If you have a smaller airplane that's coming in, maybe a 40 to 60 gallon tank, and they're purchasing 5, 10, 15, 20 gallons. Yeah. So our revenue producer is Jet A fuel. Okay. And if you were to go to, a, you know, Easterwood, they're, I'm going to guess, I would not. <laughs> But they're probably making a good portion of their proceeds off of Jet A sales, especially on, um, I think Kevin Davis, the manager over there, has uh, shared before that, you know, and Kevin, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I think 20, nearly 20% of their um, flights come in on Aggie game day weekends right? when they get over 200 aircraft. Like, it's bonkers. Well, I was going to ask, what does an Aggie game day look like at Coulter? Do you see a little blip in the activity? Uh, we see a blip, but it's not moving the needle. Okay. So it's this past year we had five to six okay. aircraft. But if you were to look at we have we have eighteen tie down slots spots, and I have nine of those rented right now, um, and I don't have a lot of extra parking ramp space. So we're about where we can be. Um, I'm trying to think of which game it was later in the season this year. We had to park some planes on grass okay so we're not a we're not a competitor with easterwood you know we're not in the game to say we want all this game day traffic because we're not logistically capable to support the huge muscle movements that they do right um you know i've been over there i've been at um i've been at easterwood for two and you know they're able to. They have little vans that they drive. They can park you out in the boondocks and bring you in. Right. We, we you know, we don't have vans like that. Courtesy vans. And again, I have very limited staff um, with the four full timers, which includes myself and uh, the part timers. So uh, there, there is a difference. But back to the revenue. Uh, the other revenue piece that's very important to us is our rental. So we've been at a hundred percent capacity on our hangar rents since I've been at Coulter. Um, I intentionally leave tie-down spots unleased because, again, if we have transients come in, I need a place to be able to park them so that we can uh, provide for their needs. And um, But all of our hangars, to include our large box hangars, have been rented out, and that's our our biggest 
revenue driver because the majority, the vast majority of those planes that are in those hangars uh, utilize 100 low lead to fly. Okay. And you've touched on this a little bit, but I skimmed some of the city uh, budget documents, and I'm the only one, I think, uh, on earth who does that. But <laughs> but it looks like it looks like Coulter Airfield is fairly revenue neutral right now, which is fantastic because not every service that a city provides makes money or, or uh, even breaks even. But do do you or city leaders see revenue growth in the future? The, uh, I, I by no means want to speak for city leaders, right? But. Brandon would tell you the answer is yes. Okay. Um, and that is why, again, going back to that hangar project approved last year, um, the the city council supporting it because they see Coulter as a place. You know, we, ha- we have land to grow. There are, if you look at what's called our air- airport layout plan, which is uh, updated in 2018 or 19, we have future plans for runway extension. There's a magical number in general aviation, which is 5,000 feet. And uh, I've been told uh, that it's due to insurance requirements. So a lot of these corporate folks, their plane may be able to um, operate off to take off and land on 4,000 feet. Right. But for insurance purposes, they want a magical 5,000 feet number. Hmm. So we have the capability, and I can give you these documents uh, if you'd like to see them, that, to get to 5,000 feet. And that is something that uh, I can tell you <laughs> I personally am pushing within uh, the, within my capability to that we need to move there as a city uh, to be able to protect. It's very important that we protect the properties that are around Coulter, not the properties, but Coulter's property itself. Right. I don't want to speak for other property managers or uh, owners, but we need to protect what we currently have so that we can in the future expand you know you never know when um i know fedex is local but you don't ever know when a company like a fedex is going to come in and you know the operation may not be all that big but 10 10 job openings is big um especially when you're talking about you know to the folks that need jobs and to the city of Bryan, right and of course a tax uh base as a matter of fact i if I may, sure. I uh, I brought some numbers, and uh, this is a TxDOT. Every ten years, TxDOT underneath the aviation division, just like they have a highway division, um, and I believe they have a water. I, I don't know what it's called, ocean division. I don't know. It'd be more appropriate to call it Gulf. But they did a 10, 000, 2010 economic impact study, and for Coulter, it showed that it was a local economic activity. So Coulter directly added $7.8 million of direct economic impact within 2010 and 49 jobs. The study was updated in 2018, and the numbers jumped to $11.5 million in million dollars in economic output and 66 jobs. So you can see in an eight-year span, 17 jobs were added in addition to roughly just less than $4 million. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see the next study that comes out, and I guess we'd see it within the next three to four years with, with the improvements that we have made, the increased hangar space and more tenants. We're going to be adding roughly 20 tenants uh, to Coulter, what that does economically for Bryan College Station. Those numbers are uh, pretty good for an airport that a lot of people don't even know exist around here. <laughs> I'd agree. Yes, sir. No, that's impressive. Back to the amenities that you guys offer at Coulter, you you talked about um, hangers and tie downs and and lighting and so forth. But inside the the terminal building there, did I see that you guys have a, a business center planned? Is that part of the future, or is that already here? Or am I telling you something you don't know? <laughs> because that was in the budget document as well. Was it looked like it was aspirational that there would be development of a business center? within your facility? So uh, we don't have a business center directly. Okay. Um, we have a conference room that uh, is open to the public. You right. just need to call staff and reserve it. We have a waiting area, um, which uh, we have public restrooms, of course, uh, that are uh, open to the public, but primarily meant for <laughs> our uh, passengers, okay. our tenants coming in, not passengers isn't the appropriate word. Right. Um, as far as any business center itself, uh, there has been discussion of that so that we could have a location where businessmen, uh, business uh, who are coming into the community, they could come and have an area where they wouldn't have to leave the airport right. to have a meeting with other business folks uh, to talk about economic development. Um, and, and quite frankly, not have to go over to Eastwood, where I believe they have those accommodations. Right. Okay. Where, yeah. where that sits, though, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Got it. Well, you know, I remember back during my time with the city of Bryan, which was a long time ago. This is uh, 2000 to 2007, I think. And there was a lot of attention on Coulter, even at that time, and some renovation to the physical facility out there. And one of the attractions was, hey, let's turn this conference room area um, into an environment where attorneys could come in and conduct depositions and things like that. So, so that kind of a professional business environment without, like you said, having to access a vehicle, go into town uh, to take care of business. You could do it all right there. So I'm guessing whoever is envisioning um, the next generation of that sort of thing is wanting to do exactly what you said. I would I would agree with you, and I think that would be a wonderful asset for us to have. I'll tell you, there's a there's a company. So if uh, you get on your computer, you can probably figure it out. But I don't know if I should say who they are. They're uh, one of our neighbors on 21, and. Um, I, uh, they came and said, hey, we have some investors that are going to be coming in over a multi, um, it was about a seven month time span, I would say. And they had multiple groups of, um, like I said, investors who flew in. So they flew in, we, um, and they, they had vehicles waiting to pick them up. And then um, they brought the food and we put, we set out tables and chairs and they hosted them. Right. They're looking for investments from these folks. Okay. And that's another it's you know, it's in our it's in our terminal building area that we call it. And it's it's nice. I think it's great, but it's not necessarily what again, 
what all the businesses might be looking for, especially if you're looking for some privacy. Right. Because we don't lock the doors. So uh, somebody comes in to fly to come park in a parking lot, walk outside through our building, you know, they could potentially stumble into one of these uh, uh, meetings, which uh, I'm not trying to say at all, infer that we're trying to hide anything, but that's not the point. The point is we had a local um, uh, uh, local resident who reached out and said, hey, can we use this space? We said, absolutely. It's public. It's city-owned. And so, you know, we provide it. But to have something just elevated space for some more privacy so they can conduct their meetings and host, you know, I think would be a great asset to us. Yeah. Okay, before we uh, we start wrapping things up, give me a final pitch for Coulter Airfield, whether um, you have a plane, you want to learn to fly, um, you just want to come check it out. Give me a final pitch for uh, Coulter Airfield. Yeah, so um, one thing that I need to tell you is that We've been placed on the um, – TxDOT has what's called an Aviation Capital Improvement Program. And for 2024, uh, we have $500,000 set aside for an apron expansion. So I talked about limited aircraft, space parking. Uh, but that's on the TxDOT plans. And that's a 90-10 split. That means 90% of that uh, cost is going to come from federal funds, which, again, are managed within TxDOT. So 10% cost to the city of Bryan it's it, it makes sense sure plus there's a demand and the other is a uh, for fiscal year 26 we have a perimeter road expansion because right now for folks to get to their hangars that are off of our taxiway again uh-huh. our old runway they have to use the taxiway playing against cars is not good right so we have another 9010 project which is $700,000 which is coming down the road in FY26 so what that means is uh at Coulter we take uh, security seriously. We take safety uh, seriously. And again, the city of Bryan is really looking to expand our operations, our infrastructure to take care of that demand that does exist within the general aviation community. And also um, air taxis uh, that have been coming into the community. In 2019, uh, and I get this information from Motion Info. There were 5,666 operations at Coulter with 18 air taxis. And an air taxi is going to be bringing a businessman or a travel traveler into the city of Bryan. Okay. In 2022, there were 7,575 operations. So nearly a 2,000 uh, operation jump in three years. And there were 39 air taxis. So that's more than a 100% jump from 18 to 39. And I don't have the 2023 numbers because I pulled that in 2023 and the year hadn't closed out. But what I'm getting at is more people are utilizing both in the commercial world and general aviation to come in. They go eat within the city of Bryan. They sometimes they visit their kids at A&M. They visit the kids at Blinn. They're coming in for sporting events. And, um, you know, uh, I, we have a great staff. You know, we like to represent. We understand that we need to. Uh, we need to represent the city of Bryan, uh, and we just appreciate people using Coulter Field to be that gateway into the city of Bryan and into the Brazos Valley. Brandon Reed, thank you so much for the talk. And, and folks, if you can, go check out Coulter Airfield. 
see this very cool amenity that belongs to the city of Bryan and really to the entire community. But Brandon, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brazos Matters is a production of Aggieland's Public Radio 90.9 KAMU-FM, a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. Our show is engineered and edited by Matt Dittman. You can learn more about us. You can check out all of the Brazos Matters archives at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio, or you could do the very same thing on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Jay Sokol. Thanks very much for listening. Again, go visit us anytime, kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. Have a great day.